So last weekend, I failed so hard. I had tickets to see Solo Saturday at 9 a.m. And I thought I was good because 9 a.m., that's like super late for me. But it turns out it wasn't um, actually that late for me. I had fallen asleep and I woke up at 3 a.m. Saturday morning and I figured, okay, it's my day off. I'm going to go back to sleep and get up in time for my movie. So I just rolled over and the next time I opened my eyes and checked my phone, it was 9 a.m. exactly. And one thing I hate is being late. I don't like being late to anything. So I just started feeling kind of stressed out because I was like, damn it, there's no way I can make it to the movie theater in time to get popcorn, soda, parking, watch the cool previews before. So I opened my Fandango app and tried to get a refund on my ticket, but I couldn't because the showtime had already hit and uh, unfortunately Fandango wouldn't refund it. So I figured I would just deal with it later and just miss my showtime, which was kind of a bummer because I was actually super excited to watch it. But it wasn't until uh, the following week. I don't remember what day it was, um, but I was. Oh, actually, I do remember what day it was because of the events that happened before. It was on this past Wednesday. Felix and I were at the comic shop and we were trying to figure out what the game plan was because we loosely decided that we were going to meet up at Comic Hero and then just go to Disneyland afterwards. So we met up at Comic Hero and we had talked about how neither of us had seen Solo. So we decided, all right, F it. We're going to buy our comics and then head straight to the theater to watch Solo. Then we would just Disney afterwards, which was a pretty cool deal because normally we go to Disneyland and we just dick around, uh, waste a lot of time just trying to figure out what we're going to eat or which ride we're going to ride. So I thought it was definitely a good idea to go watch solo and then just hit disney after because um the park was still going to be open by the time we got out of our show time and during the movie uh we could book fast passes and it was just an overall good idea a nice way to spend our day since neither of us have seen the movie and after the movie um uh, felix and i definitely got in some heated debates he likes to say that we were arguing, but I just say we were debating on whether the movie was good or not, where it ranks uh, with all the other Star Wars films. And it was actually pretty funny. Um, Felix gets uh, pretty sensitive sometimes, and I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to these debates. Uh, so I wanted to come on the podcast today and give you guys uh, my thoughts on the movie will go into the, the pros and cons, what I liked, what I didn't like, um, and where I think they could go with it. So here we go. Let's talk about solo, a star Wars story. All right. So every year, uh, Disney has said that we are going to be getting a new star Wars film until we die, which I'm okay with because Growing up, my mom, she's the one who introduced me to Star Wars, and it's always been cool to me, but I've never been like a hardcore fan. I obviously saw all of the prequels in theaters, and it's been cool, but I just never wanted to uh, deep dive into it, never really cared too much 
about the franchise but for some weird reason when episode seven came out there was so much hype uh somehow i got sucked in and it was just this crazy whirlwind where i watched seven i was excited for eight so i just decided to go back and uh, soak up as much knowledge as i could while i watched all the movies again started dabbling in the expanded universe Obviously, Marvel came out with all these new comics uh, of Star Wars, you know, the main Star Wars title, both uh, Darth Vader runs, uh, the Princess Leia mini run. Uh, what else was there? The Lando mini run, Poe Dameron, which has been amazing, uh, Dr. Afra, which has been cool. So definitely, uh, for some weird reason, I just got sucked into the Star Wars hype, and now I'm... Uh, more than a casual fan i don't know if i would consider myself a hardcore star wars fan just yet but definitely more into it than a casual fan and uh then going back to where i started with all this um a lot of people are complaining oh like i don't like that disney's doing this like uh are we getting fatigued with a new star wars movie every year and i honestly don't think we are and maybe we can attribute to this or to the fact that i'm a newer uh fan more than casual so i'm really into getting new star wars stuff every year but there's so much story to tell in this star wars universe and i think they've barely scratched the surface with the three trilogies and then these star wars stories that we've been getting so i honestly don't feel like we've been fatigued i'm all for it give me star wars every year because honestly i would rather have a new star wars movie star wars movie every year until i die than nothing at all and i get that you know it would be nice to miss it so that when it would come out we'd appreciate it more but the way that it's structured i feel like it does give us a chance to miss it because um, they're alternating between these star wars stories and the main trilogy so a trilogy movie comes out like episode seven comes out that was cool we were super stoked on it and then the following year yeah we got another star wars movie but it wasn't a main trilogy title we got star wars oh not star wars we got rogue one a star wars story which was an amazing film and it also gave us a chance to miss what was going on in the main trilogy and then we get episode eight which was awesome i know a lot of people uh were tied or torn between loving it and hating it which is weird because in my opinion i loved it and i will continue to love it and you guys should definitely give it another chance if you hate it um, but after episode eight came out, we just received Solo, a Star Wars story, which was OK. But in turn, it still gives us a chance to miss the main trilogy and we get episode nine next year. So basically, if you're a fan of the main trilogy, um, there's that gap every year that you get to miss it. And, uh, you know, you can choose to pay attention to these stories or not. Um, which I don't understand how if you're a Star Wars fan, you can hate these uh, one-offs because so far 
they've, they've been good even though solo in my opinion was okay rogue one was amazing uh they can bounce back they just uh announced that there's a boba a boba fett a boba fett movie coming out and that it's going to be uh, directed by james mangold the director of uh 310 to yuma logan so i'm excited like i already want to get past episode nine which sounds crazy but it's only because I'm a big fan of Boba Fett and James Mangold, which we'll uh, talk about later in the podcast. So going back to this whole uh, fatigued, no, we are not. Let's appreciate what we have now um, and not cry about it later if they take it away. So more Star Wars every year. Let's bring it. I love it. And you guys should too, because there was a time when Star Wars wasn't coming out and we were dying to have a new Star Wars stuff. And now that we have it, you guys are going to act like you hate it. Just stop it because Star Wars is awesome and we need to just appreciate what we have now and not miss it later when it's gone and Disney's doing something else. But honestly, that will never happen because there's so many new Star Wars projects getting announced left and right that this train isn't stopping. So hop on or hop off. You figure it out. And now I just want to talk about uh, some things that I liked about the movie. Uh, I think his name was Rio Durant. I have no idea why. I just thought he seemed like an awesome dude. I love that he had multiple arms reminded me of like a mini Goro from Mortal Kombat, just not buff, just tiny, fun-sized, but I was actually kind of bummed when he died, but I figured he'd have to leave at some point just to make room for Han to be the pilot, so it was kind of a bummer when he got shot up and uh, passed away, but also my absolute favorite was L3 short for Leet, which is amazing because the passcode to my phone is Leet. Just a throwback to some old school hacker talk. And I just will never let that go because I love it. I probably should have a six digit passcode to my iPhone because it could get hacked pretty easy. Um, If you ever see my phone laying around, you guys can all log in now. Uh, So. Just kidding. Actually, that won't happen. You guys won't catch me lacking. I'll always have it on me. But also, they did a pretty amazing thing with L3. Um, In the original trilogy, uh, they always referred to the Millennium Falcon as she. And they always held that specific ship to like a higher standard. And you kind of just went with it because you're like, oh, these guys are the main characters and um, just went with it, whatever. But uh, this movie Solo actually gave you context as to why they called uh, the Millennium Falcon or referred to the Millennium Falcon as a she and why was it so special to them? And it was, you know, L3 was Lando's droid. And when she got shot up and died, they took her memory and uploaded it to the Millennium Falcon. And that became the ship's navigational system. And you just realize like, oh, this is why the ship is so special to them, because that's Lando's droid. And it it just was so cool that they were able to have us. 
love and appreciate something that we already loved and appreciate like way more than we did in the beginning. So it, it was just super cool that they did that. And I love how they keep doing that. So shout outs to L3. You will never be forgotten. So that was about it for things that I liked. It uh, wasn't too much, to be honest. Uh, honestly, the movie was okay. But like, if I talk to anybody about this movie, I'm just gonna bring up those two characters because everything else was just uh, was just like service level, nothing super over the top that uh, had me feeling overwhelmed with joy or excited. Like when I left the theaters after watching Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, I was like super excited. Like I wanted more right away. But after leaving the theater, um, after I watched Solo, I was happy to be out of the theater and not really wanting more of that. And it was weird because I didn't expect that at all. I thought this Star Wars movie would make me feel like the other ones did. And I was actually bummed that it didn't. And I just, I just had this big discussion with Felix on why I felt the way that I did. And we got into like this huge debate about it. It was actually kind of funny. But some of the things that I didn't like about the movie um, was Val. Like when they went on that mission to to go get the coaxium, um, she sacrificed herself to try to help aid the mission to a success. But if she waited like two more minutes, she would have watched uh, Han ditch the coaxium and watch it explode and destroy that mountain. And she could have stayed alive she wouldn't have had to sacrifice herself and it just seemed just like very like underwhelming because she's like oh my god like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna blow myself up and change everything but her death literally did nothing for the mission and i just feel like they could have kept that character around and maybe added more layers to the rest of the story and even when she died like leading up to that mission uh her and beckett were like in love and you know the, the campfire scene they talked about what they were going to do after they got the payload and, and when she died and for the rest of the movie beckett just didn't really show that much emotion or even talked about her death that much so it just seemed like he wasn't affected at all which confused me so much because just going up or leading up to that mission i looked at them as being in love and you know he would have done anything for her but as soon as she commits suicide, he just like didn't even really bat an eye. He was just kind of like, oh, all right, I guess she's dead now. So like, let's just move on. Like literally like in an instant. And it was just kind of weird to me that he just didn't show any remorse or any like emotion at all. And even when they had the big reveal of her daughter, you're like, wait, this, this reveal seems underwhelming. Like when they revealed uh, or, or like when her daughter took off her mask I'm drawing a blank to her character name by the way when her daughter took off her mask and revealed who she was like I was just like wow this would be crazier if Val was alive or maybe if Beckett showed uh, some emotion um, I don't know it was weird and now I'm thinking uh, I don't know I, I'm just thinking about it like maybe there was um, a version of solo out there where it did play a bigger role in the movie but i'm not sure and that just kind of just threw me off so the, 
I don't think that character should have died or the fact that she did die. I wish it played a bigger role in the movie. And another thing that I didn't like is there was a plot hole in the film when they're talking to uh, Voss about the Kessel run and Voss didn't want to do it because he had relations with the people on the planet and didn't want to disrupt that. So Han volunteers. She's like, oh, they don't know me and Chewie. So we'll go in and we'll go get the unrefined coaxium and everything will be all good. And then Voss was like, okay, cool. Sounds like a plan, but I'm going to send my first lieutenant with you who happens to have the Crimson Dawn tattoo on her forearm. That just made zero sense to me because he just got done talking about how he didn't want to be involved because they had an agreement and he didn't want to disrupt that. But he's going to send Han and Chewie along with his first lieutenant, who's clearly a part of the Crimson Dawn. That just seemed very, very wrong. And I just didn't like that, but I had to roll with it because it was a part of the movie. Going into Solo, a Star Wars story, I wasn't familiar with the character Kira. And I just did research and try to figure out who the character was. And then I found out that uh, she was a made up character just for this movie. And that kind of bummed me out because I just didn't like that they brought in this brand new character who's played by an amazing actress. Uh, They brought her in and she's just kind of stuck in this film. So I'm hoping um, even, you know, there's talks of maybe turning solo into a trilogy or maybe diving deeper with Darth Maul and making a Crimson Dawn movie, which I wouldn't be opposed to. And I know I've been pretty hard on this solo movie, but I feel like there's just, a bunch of different factors on why it turned out the way that it did. So I wouldn't be opposed uh, for Disney or Lucasfilms to give this another chance and kind of go with it because I feel like they have something here. I feel like if it turned into a trilogy, um, the next two films, they could do it right and actually uh, have a successful trilogy with this uh, solo character. So that, uh, being said, I would love to see Kira return. Uh, you know, she would make the most sense in either movie, and I would love to see um, Amelia Clark get more screen time as Kira. And I'm um, trying to think what else. Uh, Donald Glover, uh, he did a good job. I felt like uh, sometimes he overdid it a little. And I get that's Donald Glover. I feel like um, he had to turn it up when it didn't seem like he had a clear take on certain things. And I feel like he did a better Lando than Alden did um, as Han. So I'm not mad at it. Uh, But I just felt like there were some points where he was a little over the top. But overall, liked him as Lando. So I just recently became... Uh, more than a casual fan so for the longest time I honestly thought uh, Darth Maul was dead after episode one and yeah who played the force awakens he popped up in there as a boss Um, and I thought that was it for him but as I became more than a casual fan you learn that he actually isn't dead and that he lives on in the animated series he gets uh transported to this junk planet grow some spider legs and i'm giving you the quick version of this uh, just for time's sake 
He's on the junk planet, gets spider legs. He's crazy out of his mind. Then his brother, Savage, uh, comes to the planet, finds him, takes him back home. And then his mom fixes his mind, gets him right, and then gives him uh, these new bipedal mechanical legs. And at first I didn't notice it in Solo, but if you go back and watch it, when he stands up, you actually can see that his legs are mechanical and they're not his normal legs, which is actually pretty awesome. So um, Darth Maul being in Solo is actually canon because I know when I first uh, ran through it before I did any research, before I watched it again, I it just didn't make sense to me that he was there because I couldn't pinpoint the timeline so it was actually pretty cool to see him in there the second time when I actually did more research. I had more time to appreciate seeing him. So shout outs to Darth Maul. I'm crossing my fingers that, you know, something uh, happens with him. Like I said, either uh, turn Solo into a trilogy. He can come back as a bad guy or we can have him be the main focus in his own movie. Darth Maul, Crimson Dawn shout that out which would be super cool and honestly that's that's all i really had to say about solo like overall i think it's okay uh last time i checked rotten tomatoes it was sitting at around 70 percent, which i think is totally fair and i know a, a lot of people don't like to uh, judge movies by like online critics so i feel like I like for me personally, I like to use Rotten Tomatoes as kind of a guide. Uh, but in the end, I will always go and watch the movie and uh, base my own opinion off of what I saw and how I felt about everything. So honestly, I think the 70% that it has right now is totally fair. Um, and I got in the biggest argument with Felix. Uh, well, he says argument. I still say debate. We're trying to figure out where solo ranks in all the star wars movies and in my opinion i told him uh that it's in last place i think every other star wars movie is better than this one and in his opinion i'm pretty sure i remember this correctly he says that solo it sits at like sixth best i think it only beats out um actually is it sixth best I, don't know, I think it only he says solo beats out the um, the prequel trilogy, which I completely disagree with. I told him. Oh, and he, he also thinks it ranks better than Last Jedi before I forget. I don't know why he goes hard on Last Jedi, uh, but that movie is awesome. I, I told him and I stand by this today that the fight scene in Last Jedi right after Kylo Ren kills Snoke where Ray and Kylo Ren team up to take out those uh, Crimson Guards is like that one fight scene is better than all of Solo. And he got super mad and uh, didn't like that I said that. It was actually kind of funny that he disagreed with me, but he knows deep down inside, he knows that I'm right. And he, you know, claims to hate The Last Jedi, but he's just like, oh, I just don't know the full story of the trilogy yet. So I hate it for now. And I'm like, dude, I'm the same. Like, I don't know the full story yet either. We're still waiting for this last movie to come out next year. But like once that movie comes out and everything is revealed and we have the bigger picture, like Last Jedi is going to stand to be one of the better Star Wars films. 
and he just continued to disagree with me, which is fine. Uh, but next year, um, I'll be able to tell him I told you so because he has no faith in uh, what I have to say. And Last Jedi is not horrible. For all you guys out there who think Last Jedi is horrible, get your mind right, watch it again, or um, hit me up, holler at me, DM me, at me, text me, call me. Uh, we can have like a sit down, we'll watch the movie. Uh, we can have some deep dives and figure out why you hate it. And I'll explain it to you on why the movie is good. And trust me, your mind will be in an altered state afterwards and you'll be thanking me for opening your mind up to what is real because I'm only spitting facts right now. And also before we forget, it was announced that um, Boba Fett is going to get his own solo movie, which has me so excited. I get a lot of crap from people saying that he's an overrated character. Like, why do you like him? We literally know nothing about him. He's had like seven, min- uh, seven minutes of screen time. Like, he's whack. He's overrated. You only like him because when you're younger, he had a jetpack and he looked cool. I'm like, no, 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 that's not true. Uh, The fact that he has only seven minutes of screen time leaves him wide open to have the greatest story ever told. So for all you guys that are hating out there, you guys just need to sit down and chill out because he's a part of the Star Wars universe. And the only things that can come out from this is cool stuff. So stop hating. I don't get it. You're hating on stuff that you like just makes zero sense to me. The movie is going to be directed by James Mangold, which is the director of Logan, which is one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite, like not even just comic book movies, just movies in general. Uh, I remember watching that. I actually was late to the train on that. A lot of people were telling me about it and had seen it before me and warned me that it was going to get super emotional. And I remember I was totally fine for the entire movie till I got to the end. And man, my heart was crushed. I was like, oh, I was gutted. I was like, I didn't think I was going to get the feels, but I was just, I remember I was laying in bed and I was like, no, Uh, God, it was so sad. R.I.P. Logan. But yeah, the movie is being directed by James Mangold and there's so many different ways this Boba Fett movie could be taken. I think it would be cool if we saw some sort of awesome like Western styled movie um just a lot of like gunslinging uh action i would definitely be into that obviously we don't know too much about the character i definitely want to see um some sort of uh, deep dive on his like background because obviously you see him in the animated series as a kid when his uh, dad dies he's holding the helmet or whatever and i would love to see <laughs> i'm I, I think we have to have like some sort of origin tale in the movie uh, or maybe they'll save that. Who knows what kind of direction they'll go in. Like I would like to have some sort of origin, um, you know, from when he picked up his dad's helmet to where we see him in the Star Wars movie, like how he grows up to be such a badass, like actually give us some backstory on the character. Unlike they did in Solo, like he just uh right from jump in solo he's already like a badass driver and then he goes off to become a pilot and then there's the time skip and then he's just already a badass pilot so they gave us no context on how he became a badass and i felt like i was fooled because going into the movie i thought i was going to get more background on han solo 
but I got literally nothing. Wow. The and the way that they revealed how he got the last name Solo was so freaking cheap. I was sitting in the theater. I'll I'll never forget this. I was sitting in the theater and that scene was playing and they're like, what's your last name or your family name or whatever? And I was like, no way is this how he gets his name. And sure enough, that's exactly how he gets his name. He was given to him by some stupid uh, Imperial Guard. And he just went with it. It was so dumb. Literally so stupid. So I'm hoping in this Boba Fett movie, we get uh, some cool context to his background. How he becomes a badass bounty hunter. Where he got his ship. uh, Cool stuff like that. And I'm super excited for it. Last I checked, I'm not sure if it's in stone, but I think it should be set for 2020, which sounds so crazy because it seems like it's going to be forever until we get the next Star Wars film, Episode 9. So in a way, I'm a little appreciative of Solo because I get like my little uh, uh, crack pipe hit of Star Wars for the year. Uh, So hopefully that'll hold me over till Episode 9. But it's all right. I, I go to Disneyland all the time, uh, and there's nothing short of Star Wars stuff there. We just had the Star Wars night, which was pretty successful. Uh, but Disney, can we please get it on a better night? Not a Thursday night. Let's get it on a Friday night. Let's bring the whole gang out. Let's do it on a more reasonable night because your boy is work on Fridays, and he doesn't like being out to the wee hours of the night just to take some pictures with exclusive characters and ride new rides before anybody. Uh, but yeah, 2020 uh, slated for Boba Fett, uh, Johnny Wonder, get your mind right, stop hating. Uh, that's my little call out. Love Johnny, though. He's the homie. And that's about it uh, for Solo. I hope you guys liked my review. Um, I don't even know if I'd call it a review. Should, should we call it a review? Yeah, we can just call it jamieorkay.com slash podcast slash solo review but it's not really review that's just how i felt on the film um i think i definitely want to watch it another time just that i'm gonna like wait like a week or two just kind of let things settle miss it a little bit probably not uh but then go back for one final time in the theater just to see if i missed anything oh actually one thing that, that i didn't mention which uh is totally cool in Voss's office, they have the fertility idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So shout outs to Indiana Jones, Space and Time, if you know what I'm talking about. And I'm still waiting for more Indiana Jones films. I know the first one wasn't too hot. A lot of people hated on the Crystal Skull, but they just didn't get it. So I'm hoping for a continuation of that trilogy but um, from what I'm hearing from behind the scenes, the fact that Solo didn't do so hot might put a halt on Indiana Jones, which is a big bummer. But what can we do? That's Hollywood for you. Holy shit. We live in a world where Bless Yo Trap by Smoke Perp and Murder Beats is out. The fact that that's true, nobody should complain about anything. Life is so freaking good. Bless your trap. One, two, three. Big dope. You know what's going on. That's the real stuff right there. I'm just kidding. That's actually something that I've just been bumping for the past week. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by Smoke Perp and Murder Beads. So for them to come together and collab on a record 
a mixtape is actually really freaking cool. You should definitely go check that out. Uh, last week was a chill week. You guys are sending me questions like, why didn't you upload an episode? And the truth is I had a lot of work to do. If you didn't notice, which I'm sure a lot of you have, because I got a lot of um, great feedback. Thank you. Um, on the new uh, podcast artwork and it's something that I'd wanted for the longest time and I just never got around to doing it. I was just being lazy. Uh, as you can recall, the podcast image for the longest time was the image for my merch store. It was of the let's ride something hat. I figured I'd just throw something up that was personal to me so that when people went and searched the podcast, they could find it easy by seeing uh, a familiar image so I've been with that for the longest time and with every podcast, uh, that I would upload, I would attach, uh, a cover image. So, um, when you went to the actual website, you would see the cover image, but I didn't realize that was getting used as the main image for the podcast. So this gets a little bit, uh, confusing. So the podcast had the main image when you would search for it, which was the let's ride something hat. But when you would go and look at each, excuse me, you, when you'd go look at each individual episode, uh, they had their own individual image. So it was just a big mess. And I decided to correct that last week. So instead of recording a podcast, I took the time that I normally would to record one to go uh, fix all the episodes and upload the new artwork to every episode. So from here on out, we have new artwork. Thanks to the homie Garrett Ralph. I will put his Instagram link in the bio so you can hit him up for all your artwork needs and overall a solid dude. My throat is like really phlegmy right now. I keep having to stop the recording just to try to clear my throat. So if I sound a little funky, it's because of the random phlegm in my throat. I don't know how it got there. But this weekend, we actually got a lot of things coming up, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Friday at Chain Reaction, the homie Riley James is headlining, and he has uh, also the homie Frankie O and Tiernan opening up for him. So that should be really fun. Uh, if you're not doing anything Friday night, Chain Reaction, Riley James. Uh, I would plan on putting the ticket link in the show description, but this morning uh, Ticketfly got hacked. So they took down all the ticket sales from here on out. So if you plan on going to the show, you can show up the day of or um, earlier and just go to the box office and pick up your tickets there. Uh, you can catch me at the show. Definitely showing up to support the homie. Uh, we actually hung out together two weeks ago at, at Disneyland. It was uh, it was a great encounter. I was at Disneyland. Uh, I was with Garrett and Felix and we were actually um, winding down. I think we were about to leave. Uh, but then I got a text from Riley. He asked me if I was still at the park and I, I told him that I was. So we linked up with him and his friends and we ate a bunch of Pixar fest food. It was actually pretty cool. And I was actually really stoked that he hit me up to hang out because, uh, I appreciate that. And I like when people actually, <laughs> um, pay attention to my Instagram stories. It makes me feel like I'm not just posting them for nothing. So Thank you to Riley for actually hitting me up because obviously I can see who watches the stories and who's there and who doesn't hit me up. 
which is fine. I get it. We all like to do our own things and it's chill. Um, and I'm also sorry to all the people that do hit me up that I don't respond to. Um, things just get uh, weird sometimes, but shout out to Riley. Uh, he's, uh, he's down and I'm stoked to go support him on Friday at chain reaction. And I will link, uh, his music down below so you can check it out. He's actually uh, really good and just got off tour uh, with young pinch. Uh, he'll be on the Vans Warp Tour this summer, so make sure to come out Friday, check him out before he blows up. You can say that you were there on June 8th, 2018 for Riley's first headlining Chain Reaction show. I'll be there with Garrett. Come say hi. Buy merch from Riley. I'll be doing merch with uh, the homie Danny. I, I miss Danny a lot. Stoked to see him. I just want to pester him all night. But speaking of Disneyland, there's some very interesting news that came out this morning that in 2019, they'll be making changes to um, the way annual passes work. And, you know, obviously I panicked. Uh, I thought that they're raising prices again and all these other things were going to affect my pass. But I always forget that I have the signature plus and I don't really get affected with like blackout dates or max pass not being attached. The only things that ever really affect the signature plus is um, the uh, price increases that happen. So starting 2019, uh, there's going to be two calendars that you're going to have to look at to see if your um, passes are blocked out or not, which is like very interesting because normally if you had blackout dates on your pass, it would just be like a blanket thing like, oh, you're not allowed to go to either park. But starting uh, June 2019, they're going to institute a new way of doing blackout dates, which is actually really interesting. Okay, here we go. So June 2019, this really only affects uh, deluxe annual passports and below. In June 2019, uh, people who have deluxe annual passports, they'll have 13 days of uh, both parks. So that includes Disneyland and DCA. So that's 13 days out of the 30 days for the entire month, um, which is actually pretty huge. That's less than half the month um, that they'll be able to go to both parks. But um, they'll have 17 days. Uh, the other 17 days, uh, they'll be able to go to just DCA, which is actually really huge because I know I actually know a lot of people that have the deluxe annual passport just because they don't want to upgrade to the um, signature or the signature plus because it's um, too expensive, which I totally get. It's, it's totally understandable, but that's like a huge deal. So for 13 days, they can go to both parks, but then for 17 days, they're only allowed to access DCA, which is crazy. And then when you jump down to the select annual passport, they're uh, blocked out from both parks for the entire month. But there's three days where they can um, access DCA. And for the SoCal annual passport, which uh, is on hiatus uh, from being purchased brand new, but um, they have renewals for people that already have them. they there's which is crazy actually it's not really that crazy because it's basically for like uh mainly for the socal residents um zero days for both parks but then they have 20 days for um dca only which is pretty crazy honestly i don't even know the pricing on the socal um annual passport versus the select annual passport because 
well, I guess if you don't have it, you can't even get it anyways, but that's crazy that they get 17 more days than the select annual passport. Um, and you know, a lot of people are going to be upset at this new change, but honestly, I look at it as a positive one because I'm in the parks multiple times a week. I say I go there on average at least two times a week and it's hell. It's literally so busy and I'm just happy that uh, I have MaxPass because MaxPass allows me to actually be able to enjoy my time because I know I can just book fast passes when they're available to me instead of having to rush around the park and hope that uh, fast passes are available or even in the time range that I would want because you you waste a lot of time walking around just trying to get fast passes. So the fact that I can book them from my phone is a huge uh, time saver and if I didn't have it, I'd be really bummed because there's been times like I had to like sell my friends on getting max pass just so we can enjoy the park together with a better experience. And since they've got it, it's definitely been a positive one, but I, I think this is a necessary move by Disney because the parks are way too crowded because there's too many pass holders. I don't know how else they could, uh, uh, regulate the, amount of guests that show up because there's so many people and you know it's people who have um annual passes on top of uh the guests who travel from around the world who just buy day tickets so you put those two numbers together and it's just so crazy like we're talking about like it'll be so crazy that it'll take sometimes over 30 minutes just to get through security then the line to get into the park and that's just really like super ridiculous it shouldn't take that long and i get it like it's super popular but these regulations need to happen because the amount of guests that show up, it's just so crazy. And I, and I know that the parks have like capacity. There's a certain number that, that they can't get over. So it's bound to be busy. But early on, like when I first moved to Orange County, when I had my pass early on, um, there was slow seasons for Disneyland. There was times where we would go and we wouldn't even bat an eye at a fast pass because things would only be 25, 35 minutes, like no problem, like all day, like during the week. But now I don't know what's been going on, but it's just so popular. There's so many pass holders. Uh, there's not a slow season ever. It's busy all year round. And it's been so busy and so bad that I've grown used to the park being so packed. Uh, wait times being over 60 minutes for everything, even Astro Blasters, uh, lines out of uh, every restaurant just to go eat. That's why they had to institute the mobile ordering for food so you don't have to wait in line to try to clear up that mess. So I, I'm not mad at it. I, I feel like uh, they should get more strict. Um, or, you know, the, the passes keep getting more expensive. They raised it this high, and I don't think they thought that people would still be down to pay over $1,000 um, annually for these passes. And and it's crazy because I'm definitely down. Um, I don't know what my limit is. I've, I've honestly, I've always wondered, like, what price would stop me from having a pass. Um, but I'm just not sure because I'm crazy because I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go really high just to have a pass. Cause if you think about all the perks that you get from having a pass versus if you had to buy a day ticket just to get in, it, it's, it, it's crazy. Like it's so crazy, like how much you get out of having a pass and yeah, it's expensive, but 
for the amount of times that I go, it's way more than worth it. It's like crazy how many times I go. So that past, I feel like I'm cheating the system by having it. And I think Disney's starting to realize that um, them having an annual pass is kind of a bad thing because yeah they probably are losing out on a lot of money because pass holders don't really like to spend money in the park because most of the time they're locals and they know they know the deal and they know that they can just eat before they go in the park it's somewhere local or eat afterwards or just eat at home because you know home's probably like a 20 minute drive away so i i back it i wish they would do it tomorrow and not wait till uh 2019 to have these um, passes in effect but um, we all do sign contracts when we get these passes, so I'm sure they have to wait till those old ones expire. And then once everybody um, renews, they'll have to agree to the new terms of blackout dates, um, which is fine, which is cool, too, because you, you think about the time frame that they start that in. It's uh, in June, right at the beginning of summer, grad night season. And I, I'm really curious to see um, how the blackout dates affect um, those passes for the following months. Um, even during the holidays when it gets like super busy during Christmas time, uh, during Halloween where things are like very popular. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so if you don't like it, upgrade your pass, uh, stop going to Starbucks, stop eating out, save a little bit of money, build up uh, a nice chunk of change and get a nice pass. And honestly, I get it. It's not affordable for everybody. Um, it's affordable to me, but that's because I make it a priority. Um, there's obviously other things that I really want, but I put those things on hold, uh, for my Disney pass because to me it's top priority. Uh, love Disneyland, love going there. I will be there tomorrow morning getting a pineapple churro, uh, before I head to San Diego, which sounds crazy. So if you see me there, uh, maybe we can ride something before I leave. It's going to be a really short trip but I'm really looking forward to it. I love Disneyland and I love all of you. That, that's my little uh, Disneyland rant. Rap beef will never get old. I love following rat, good rap beefs. Um, we had Takashi 69 versus Trippy Red. And ultimately I think 69 won that one because if we look at where they stand right now, trippy red has taken so many l's and he's in jail right now for jumping a guy in atlanta and if we look at takashi 69 he just had his uh seventh hit single hit the billboard charts uh his music video for that song tati has over 10 million views in two days so that rat beef uh I want to say it's over but i think once trippy gets out it might get sparked back up because he i don't think he can live with the fact that six nine uh is just just doing numbers like all over him and trippy just can't catch a break but i feel like that's his own fault because he he came out and said that he was done with the drama it was gonna be all about his music he was gonna show us like how much of a talented artist he is and then next week he's jumping somebody in atlanta and, and is in jail so it's just like uh not really gonna trust what you have to say and the songs he's been putting out have been kind of whack lately. Like he did that song with Tato um, after him and Takashi had that beef. And it, it was kind of catchy. It was funny because it um, birthed from this meme. Uh, but the song didn't really hit that hard. Uh, so I want to give the the W to Takashi for that one. And shout outs to Tati uh, being in the top 100 billboard charts, 10 million views in two days. And it, it's crazy. It blows my mind. 
people still give me crap for bumping Takashi 69 they're like oh he's a pedophile he had sex with an underage girl and it just blows my mind how many people just kind of put their blinders on and don't really look into situations like that like you're going to go out and just bash this guy because he's a excuse me he's a quote-unquote pedophile but it's like no he's not a pedophile he didn't have sex with an underage girl he got charged for uh sexual misconduct with a minor he filmed a video of an underage girl that he shouldn't have and yeah that's fucked up but he went to court we were all young and did super shit when we were younger and yeah for sure definitely what he did was not cool uh i don't give him a pass for that what i do give him a pass for is he went to court pleaded guilty uh, did what he needed to do so far. Obviously, he still needs to have his hearing um, about getting his GED, but at least he's taking the steps to correct the mistake that he made. And he's out here doing things for his community, flying to the Dominican Republic and helping out the local people there. And yeah, he gets in these little um, Instagram, internet beefs, but overall, I think he isn't what you guys think he is and it sucks that you guys won't take the time to go and do your actual research because people are out there saying that he had sex with little girls like no you're an idiot go do your research that's not what he did and i think they just don't want to see a guy with rainbow colored hair be the king of rap uh, especially if he's from uh, brooklyn new york so i don't know it's whack i support him uh, hate me if you want to but i'm out there bumping tati billy kuda gummo uh it's just solid everything he puts out is fire you guys can hate if you want but i'm into it i love what he's doing his sound is fucking sick and honestly if you guys are just still hating still on the fence about takashi like i'm gonna link this interview that he did with uh lyrical uh lyrical lemonade out in chicago and which is crazy to think that they're from Chicago and all the beef that he's in right now, he has new beef. Um, uh, he, he did this awesome interview with Lyrical Lemonade and it gives you um, more insight onto what kind of guy he really is. So I'll link that in the bottom. Shout outs to Cole Bennett and everything that he's doing. Uh, respect that guy. Even all the music videos that he does, amazing stuff. Lil Skies, fucking Juice World. Go listen to that shit right now. Everybody that I've shown Juice World is into it. Um, I know I'm probably a, like way ahead of the wave on this one, but I've been bumping Juice World since I saw him on No Jumper. So shout outs to Adam22 for putting me on to Juice World. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the game. I always shout them out because I fucking love that podcast so much. Also, um, Takashi came out with this video talking about how he didn't need rap beef to um, promote his songs. He hit 10 million without no rap beef. But then by the end of the day, he was in this craziest rap beef ever. Right now, he's um, shouting out BDK, saying fuck Chief Keef, fuck Tato, fuck Lil Reese. And everybody is saying that he's going to die. That that's his, um, he's basically uh, called upon the, the Grim Reaper of Chirac. And he's going to be dead within 48 hours. Um, and we're almost at 48 hours and he's still alive. Uh, it, it's pretty crazy because this morning Chief Keef got shot at while he's in New York. It's weird because Chief Keef, his second home is L.A., but Takashi's out in L.A. right now. They're trying to pull up on Tato. But at the same time, he didn't realize that Tato and Chief Keef were flying to New York. So they're basically in each other's um, home states calling each other out. It's really weird. But this morning, Cheeky got shot at outside of the W Hotel. Um, the bullets missed. I don't know who was shooting at him. Uh, people 
want to say it was Takashi's camp, but uh, nothing's proven yet. Um, while that was going on, Takashi's out in Six Flags, shutting the park down because he's getting mobbed up on by all the fans, which is good. I'm happy to see that there's a ton of support um, for Takashi in L.A., uh, the only thing that I wish would happen is I wish he would play a show, but that definitely wouldn't fly out here because uh, shit would go down. Uh, just like last time, he tried to play, but the promoter shut the show down because they wanted to prevent any crazy violence from, from happening, which is fine. Um, if Takashi uh, or if anybody listening has ties to Takashi's camp, have them email or text me. I want to book him in Orange County, his first Orange County show. He's not on any uh, blackballed list down here. Uh, I got your back. I'll book him. So just hit me up or somebody put me in contact with him. We'll make it happen. But speaking of rap, if I can't um, not mention what's going on between Drake and Pusha T, which is really fascinating because these are um, two like uh, legendary rappers finally going at it Pusha T has been wanting this smoke for a long time but Drake didn't really want to give it to him but finally Pusha T's um, new album Daytona came out and the last song on Daytona Infrared uh, he threw some shots at Drake which you know it, it brought up like you know the whole Ghost Rider thing which is like an old thing people were like coming at Pusha like oh why are you gonna bring up old stuff like we've already been through that like even Nicki Minaj tried jumping in saying oh like people are gonna run this joke into the ground blah 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 but nobody realized that uh, that song Infrared was recorded years ago and he just happened to finally put it out so it's not like he just went to that um, diss and wanted to bring up old shit no that had already been recorded so that's why people didn't understand that's why Pusha T wasn't really sweating it too much when people were going at him for bringing up Quentin Miller um, and then out of nowhere it was like I think it was less than 24 hours Drake um, clapped back with uh, the Duppy Freestyle which he put on SoundCloud, which is crazy because he went around his deal that he has with Apple Music and just said, fuck it, um, sue me, whatever. I'm going to put out this song on SoundCloud. I'm going to go around my deal. Fuck what you think. And he went in on Pusha T, uh, talked about you know how Pusha T is not really a drug dealer. That was stuff that his uh, brother and his cousins did. And then he mentioned Pusha's fiance, which was crazy. And people were like, oh, dang, he went in on Pusha, Pusha's done because it'd been like, I think almost three days that Pusha didn't respond. But people saw uh, Pusha T on Instagram and Twitter promoting uh, his new album, Daytona. Um, he shot a music video and then out of nowhere, Pusha T came back with fire. He released um, the story of Adion, which he just went in on Drake. Like I was listening to it. Um, I was actually put onto it by uh, um, my buddy Nick Baird. I, I saw him tweet hashtag Team Pusha, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like it's he had to respond. Like where is this? So I, I went and looked on Pusha T's Instagram, and sure enough, he had posted um, the the link to his uh, SoundCloud song, "The Story of Adion," and he went in on Drake. He first of all the um, cover art for the diss. Um, I was really confused because I was like, I think that's Drake and blackface, um, but I couldn't tell if it was like photoshopped or edited. But Pusha T came out and clarified that it was no edits. That was like the real photo, Drake doing blackface, which had everybody like really confused. Um, 
but in the song he goes he goes in talks about how um you know nobody's gonna say his fiance's name but him um but then he also uh right from the uh, very first verse he says drug dealing aside ghost writing aside and right there you know that he didn't need to talk about you know or he didn't need to like justify the the fact that he was a real drug dealer he doesn't need to talk about drake's ghost writers anymore because he's about to go in on some other shit and that other stuff doesn't even matter so he revealed that drake had a son with a porn star a european porn star or foreign star a european porn star and you know i i feel like i am pretty like involved in the community i pay attention and i never heard that before so i'm like listening to this uh this diss track and freaking out like what the heck like drake like i've listened to so many hours of drake all of his records mixtapes interviews and i heard that there's like you know rumors of it but the fact that pusha t is putting out like 100 percent confirmed i was freaking out i couldn't believe that he actually you know had a kid so i went and googled the porn star because i i didn't know who she was i'd never heard her name before um and it was just like this crazy diss and then he also went in on um ovo 40 talked about his uh disease which um you know it's kind of a low blow but uh you know all things are um or nothing's off limits because drake referenced uh pusha t's fiance so i'm not mad at pusha for bringing up his his producer's disease you know it's it's fair play and you know it's crazy because we thought that uh since pusha t came back so hard that drake was going to come back and try to end it but it's probably been i think a good like four or five days since the disc came out and we've heard from drake once he put out on his instagram story trying to explain why he did blackface which i didn't really buy and then tmz came out with a report that said that drake isn't a deadbeat dad that he's been supporting uh the mother of his child and his child since birth and then a couple days later vibe um came out with a report that said that asap rocky was um the one feeding push t the info about the child because he knew of the kid because he had relations with the porn star he was even hanging out with her while she was pregnant which is weird but then later that day rocky came out and refuted that um article saying that um he didn't snitch on anybody that it wasn't him so it's so crazy um that it's been so long and drake hasn't responded basically everybody's saying that uh drake uh took the l on this one that drake's basically done and pusha t is pretty confident saying that drake won't respond because there's really nothing for him to respond to because everything that he spit in that disc was facts um but pusha t also came out and said that he's ready if drake's gonna respond like that's chill because the story of adion was just just a little taste he said that you know there's layers to this that he is plenty more to clap back with and i'm so intrigued by this because drake the sixth god you know he he destroyed meek mill like absolutely destroyed him but they're chill now but 
when he, him and Meek were going at it, like Meek, his stuff that he put out um, to diss Drake was super weak. But the things that Drake put out um, to diss Meek were fire, like charged up back to back. Like I still listen to those tracks today and uh, it's crappy for Meek because he knows that those are, you know, diss tracks on him. But those songs are just straight fire. Uh, honestly, I'm really curious. And I I'm a fan of both. Uh, honestly, Daytona, like I've said this openly, Daytona is a, a cool record. It's not like my favorite record. I don't think it's the hottest thing. Um, but I, I understand um, what that record is and who it's for. Just because like since this beef started, like I've gotten like way more into Pusha T listening to every interview from every outlet. Uh, like I feel like I'm obsessed with this because I, I kind of want to know it from like every angle because uh, Drake's never been beaten down this bad before. So it's super interesting to me to see um, somebody uh, as talented as Drake take an L like this. And also, I <laughs> the endless memes of Drake's ghostwriting team getting beat up by Drake being forced to work late hours into the night to get this next diss out. It's it, it's kind of funny, but but at the same time, I want Drake to respond, but I'm just not sure how he's going to come back at Pusha T. There's um, Pusha T actually came out and tweeted saying that um, behind the scenes, Drake had a hundred thousand bounty for any info on Pusha T. But Pusha T said, dude, like $100,000 can't make skeletons appear because uh, he's come out and said that he has nothing to hide about his past. No skeletons in, in his closet. So I'm just not sure what Drake could come at Pusha T with to um, burn him after that story of Adion dis. So I'm hoping um, we haven't seen the end of uh, Drake in this dis, but there's a small chance that he could definitely have taken the L in this rat beef which would be very, very surprising. But definitely, um, Pusha T definitely deserves the W in that one because Infrared was like a little poke and then W Freestyle came back. Like Drake was trying to go at Pusha T and then Pusha T just came back with a knockout with the story of Adion. Literally had everybody, everybody shook revealing that Drake had a kid. And Drake uh, was supposed to announce or reveal that he had a kid in his new album, Scorpion. Allegedly, he had some big like Adidas uh, press release that he was going to do. Um, but that got spoiled by Pusha T, which I think is freaking crazy. Like, I, I'd be so mad if I was going to reveal to the world that I had a son. And then the guy that I'm having rap beef with decides to announce it before me. Like, you can't take that back. Like, it's crazy. So... Um, definitely keep up with the beef. I'll report anything new about it in um, future episodes of the podcast. Uh, we'll have to just keep up with that. Don't want to end this episode without giving a shout out to Michael Bisbing. He had uh, an amazing UFC career. A lot of people counted him out early on, but watching him knock out Luke Rockhold to finally become the middleweight champion was crazy i remember i had my hands on my head screaming because he took that fight on short notice i think it was like he took it on like a week's notice came in knocked out luke rockhold which was crazy because in their first fight luke rockhold submitted bisbing with one arm so when they met again i was like oh here we go rockhold's too good he's gonna either knock out or sub bisbing again but bisbing shocked everybody knocked out luke rockhold became the champ 
And yeah, he got a lot of crap because his next title defense was against Dan Henderson and people were complaining that he picked that fight. But I'm like, whatever. He's a champ. He worked hard for this. Let him do whatever he wants. Uh, Won that title defense against Dan Henderson. It was a decision. And then his next fight as champ, he fought GSP. And that was a pretty crazy fight. He lost that uh, match against GSP. He got uh, choked out as a rear naked choke. But um, overall, great career. Uh, I recently um, went back and watched his fight against Anderson Silva, which was one of the craziest fights of his career. I'll never forget that. I was watching it live on my phone. It was uh, it was February. I was on a staycation. Me and um, some friends. We were in Newport Beach at the Marriott Villas, and I'll, I'll never forget, I was in our villa watching the fight, and then everybody wanted to go down to the pool, so I'm like, all right, um, I'm down, but I was like, I'm not going to get in the pool till this fight's over. So we're walking down to the pool, and as we're setting up like uh, our stuff on like the um, beach chairs or whatever, I'm setting up my, my towel in my little area. Michael Bisbing, it's the end of the third round. Michael Bisbing, you know, catches this knee from Anderson Silva because, you know, there was issues with his mouthpiece. So he gets kneed by Anderson Silva. He drops, he gets slumped, but then the bell rings and I'm like, oh crap, Anderson Silva just won by knockout. So I set my phone down because I'm taking off my clothes. I'm ready to hop in the pool, but I'm listening to the audio still and I'm hearing Herb Dean scream, the fight's not over. I never called the fight. Like the fight's going to continue. And I'm like, what the heck? Like no freaking way. So like I stop and I grab my phone and like I continue to watch it. Um, Michael Bisbing somehow bounces back, wins the fourth round. Um, he gets pieced up in the five or in the fifth round. But in the end, he wins that fight. I, I gave Michael Bisbing rounds um one, two, four, gave Anderson Silva rounds three and five. And Michael Bisbing came back to beat Anderson Silva, which was amazing because for the longest time, Michael Bisbing had been calling him out, but uh, Anderson Silva was champ and they don't want to give him that fight. And I actually love the fact that he was able to beat him before his career was over. And I love the fact that he went and started training um, with boxing coach Jason Perillo, who's amazing. If I was in MMA today, I would seek him out and try to get trained by him because I think he's one of the best striking coaches in the game. Shout outs to Orange County, Ruka, you know what it is. But yeah, Michael Bisbing, the count retired i'm hoping at some point in my life uh i cross paths with him in orange county because he's a local um and it'd be nice to have a little chat with the count so thank you michael bisbing for everything that you gave to the sport of mma i hope your eye gets better um everybody go listen to his podcast believe you me and I'm sure, uh, or I hope that he still uh, appears in all um, UFC broadcasts as like an analyst. Um, it's nice to have him around. But yeah, just didn't want to end the podcast without giving thanks to him. Love all you guys. We'll be back next week. Jamie K Podcast, always on top.